position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs, friends and neighbors. Yes, welcome to episode number 181 of the Best Linux Games podcast being recorded for you on this glorious Friday the 13th of of April. Again? For real. Oh my god. We have a disproportionate number of Friday the 13th episodes. I swear to god. Anyway, Crack Engineer. Oh, I have Romelina over there in the booth. He's holding up two signs for us. He's holding up the whiskey sign. And he's telling me to remind our listeners, ah, uh, whiskey, that this is being recorded on 2018-04-13 at 15.05 p.m. Pacific Coast time, the coast of the most, left coast, left coast, the coast of the most. Um, we have a lot of stuff to get, We're, we have, wow, we have some announcements, we got a lot of, a lot of show, but first, Ivory, you're fired, and second, the whiskey. Which brings us to our top stories. First of all, I have not gone through since the last Friday the 13th episode and looked at all the episodes that we've had on Friday the 13th, but we've had this is this show has only been on. Fuck. This is September, October, December. It's like three years and seven months. We've, I can say almost definitively that we've had at least five episodes that have fallen on a Friday the 13th. This week, though, we have nothing scary for you. Just our feature this week two good games. Plus, we have a new and noteworthy. However, in the bad news, we are actually running for the first time ever, literally on tape, not string and tape, but just tape. Um, our 
Blue Yeti microphone that we use to record this show has a bolt that um, connects it to a uh, shockless tripod mount thing that we have on a boom arm. It's fucking, it's outrageously complicated. I wish we had not fired Ivor. But then every time I think of that, I am glad that we fired Ivor because he never got it right. No, anyway. So for three years, almost, something like that, like two years plus-ish, um, we've been using this setup, which has been great and has been very versatile and excellent. But over, I guess, like the last two weeks, um, the bolt that holds our Blue Yeti microphone has just started falling out from underneath the shock mount, leaving the uh, microphone itself unmoored. Well, talk to Blue Yeti this morning, very early this morning, and by talked, I meant I sent them a email. Well, I sent them, I, I jumped on their, never mind. What they lack in consumer product relations, they more than make up for in excellent microphoneage. They suck. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is just, this is, I can't go through another week like this of this bullshit. Because it was as if suddenly the screw no longer fit. Which is so true of many of my important relationships of my life. Anyway. <laughs> right now we're being held to deck held together, not by duct tape duct tape is for pussies by Gorilla Tape, so there you go and it's working great I think, we had to change our levels at some point for some reason, and they're probably all fucked up, it looks like we're clipping all over the place okay, well, whatever so, that's for that's first and second and third top stories third top story Fail Interactive tweeted uh, us in reply directly to us, I mean, in, you know, the entire Twitterverse, but they, I asked them the question when is Tome Raider when is Rise of the Tome Raider coming out for Linux? And they replied to me that Rise of Tome Raider will be next after the Mac release. Now, were this any other you know, porting company I would say, ah, thank you. Can you please die in a fire now and go fuck yourself? But this is Feral Interactive. And Feral Interactive kicks out the ports. And they kick out excellent ports. In general. And especially for Linux, they are heroes. They are heroes of the Steam Revolution. For reals. Um... I, I won't even, you know, Shadows of Mordor, Dirt Rally, uh, Mad Max, Tomb Raider, the 2013 reboot, um, fuck, and I, I'm missing like five, I'm sure. Well, that's not probably true. I'm probably missing like three or two, but whatever. These guys kick out ports, and they're really cool. And I love you, Feral. I love you. Now that I've let that long linger long enough to be creepy, which is as always my intention whenever I uh, tweet at them, because I, I I am I do not I do not spare on the emoticons. Doing like fifteen hearts and heart faces, smiley heart faces, and here have some dancing girls and scary zombie and a zombie clown and a clown and a clown and a clown and I love you Farrell I do so had it been any other uh, software development force software porting force I don't know if they're technically classified as a publisher republisher uh, I don't know I don't give a fuck I know they make the ports if it had been anyone other than Farrell I would have been like oh yeah great whatever because everyone knows the last thing on everyone's list is Linux support except for when it comes to Feral which means that Rise of the Tomb Raider is coming for Linux probably more rapidly than we think at least that's how they roll so that's straight from the horse's mouth right there 
Now, finally, before we get to uh, our new and noteworthy, because we do have one new and noteworthy title, um, I, I, I want to discuss the way that um, I've been thinking a lot lately, and this is not necessarily for reviews, but this is for features in particular. Because features are what happens right before a review, generally. But we have to move at such a pace that we generally never get to do a review. We generally only get to do a feature. And since we've never had a format for our features or our reviews, I mean, we have very specific criteria for exactly when it is our 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 our, our, our criteria for reviews when we can review a game are very simple. We've either played twenty hours of the game or more, or we've beaten the game, or we've done both. Um, that's the only time that you'll ever hear us give a fucking full review, and generally. By just by virtue of the nature of the beast, because we play 256 games a year on average, which is a lot of fucking games, you won't hear reviews of games that suck. Not anymore, at least. Not after three and a half, three years and seven months and 17 minutes and whatever the fuck. Because I try to feature the best games. That's why the name of the show is the best Linux games it's also in the URL www.bestlinuxgames.com it's not called the worst Linux games podcast or like the 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 monster review podcast although we have done several savage savage reviews of games where we've just brutalized and beat up on bad games anyway I pull no punches here. This is just you and me. It's it. It's you and me. Lifelong gamer. Lifelong gamer. Or, you know, yeah. We all love Linux. We all have best games. So, in terms of features, I thought it would be more useful, though. If, for when we do our features, if we had a codified way of structuring them, And the way I came up with is kind of borrowed from like a hybrid of Die Hard Game Fan magazine from back in the 90s and like Game Pro from back in the 90s and kind of um, kind of my own special whatever the fuck and I probably just reinvented the wheel. But here's how we're going to try to do it now from here until we go to LFNW, Linux Fest Northwest which is our next... Uh, news item, and then we'll get to our new and noteworthy. I'm sorry. I want a four-point format. Meaning, you have just like a parliamentary debate. You you got like a point, counterpoint, point, counterpoint, although it's not that quite. It's it's this house believes. But anyway, and then premise first, and definition of terms, but we, we don't need any of that because we understand each other. I want a point, counterpoint, counter, uh, counterpoint, counterpoint. I want a four point format. And I, the best way that I thought of delivering this in terms of like, so long as this is just me talking to you, we might get other people on here who could give more nuance and shading to this. But until then, this is like the best thing that I can think of. And just like parliamentary debate, it has to have a set order. So, henceforth, for the time being, how is that for a dictatorial mandate? The format for our, you know, anything that's like a quick look or like a review, not not for a new and noteworthy. New and noteworthy means that we've not played it enough, but that it looks really good and that everyone's excited about it or everyone's, a, you know, eagerly awaited it. Our format from now on will be con, meaning the opposition party gets the start. 
The people who hate this game get the start. And they get to make one point. Then the pro, the people who love this game. And all of these people are me, by the way. Then, again, the con doesn't... And these are not... These are Unlike parliamentary debate, these don't necessarily answer each other. They answer each other in my head. Which is all you know, fucked up and you know, but but in terms of this first experiment of this it's all been written down con, pro, con pro, so we have four points I like that we start off with the bad things about a game because if you're even on this show, it means you've made a good game in the first place then we can go into the pro and then the con and then the pro and then finally the fifth point which is the um you know argumentation and debate forensics fucking parliamentary debate motherfuckers version of who won this debate it's not necessarily between these points in this case though it's it is literally a thumbs up or thumbs down on the game And it can be qualified. Meaning, like, some people will like it for this, but other people will not like it for that. So that's what we're going to try to do for the next, uh, you know, three weeks, it looks like. Alright, so, Ivor, hit them with the new and noteworthy. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Now there are a hell a, a hell hole of a lot. There are there there are lots of games because we've been breaking the format for so many months now. There are lots of games that have escaped this, but this week we got a weird one for you. One that seems like it just might last the test of time. I don't know. It is called the Tower of Time. Here's what the uh, publishers have to say about it. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck you. Okay. The Tower of Time. A new kind of RPG awaits you. A story-rich dungeon crawler with innovative real-time combat that lets you pause or slow time. Tactical thinking is essential to succeed. Enter the mysterious Tower of Time and experience the incredible adventures that lie within. Now, We'll talk more about this game over the intervening weeks. I found the first 15 minutes of this game to be very enchanting. Um, I don't know. I don't know, though. I don't know. I just don't know. Because it's all... It's all mouse based controlled. At least the what? How long? 0.8 hours that I've spent in it. And it has an unusual. Everything about it is unusual. Unless you've played Fallout 2 or have read, um, you know, Joseph Campbell, Hero of a Thousand Faces, or have ever tried to make a video game about uh, someone discovering exactly how their world ended. Um, those are just the themes that I picked up on, uh, in my initial playthrough. Zuh. If you want, you can see video of this, of a, uh, with some horrible voice acting from way earlier today. Three naps ago today, actually, of Tower of Time. But it, it does seem fresh. And it is gorgeous. And it runs great on Linux. 
the Tower of Time, well, just Tower of Time, which is an unfortunate initialization at Tot. Tot Unvulkrang. Um, Tower of Time is $24.99. Uh, Yeah, it's check it out. Um it's not quite entirely story based, it's not quite entirely tactics based, it's not quite entirely RPG based, it's not quite entirely unroguelike. It's it, it's it's a it's a pretty good mix of all of the above with some fantastic graphics. I just have to get used to using the mouse only. I should have mentioned this week by the way that I have I've hurt my my left wrist basically from playing Dying Light too much. But anyway, so and I'm right-handed. Anyway, you you didn't you didn't need to know that. I'm sorry. Anyway, strike that from the record. Ivor, hit them with our new experimental way of delivering our features. What do you think? Oh my god, it's Bolivians! Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooby. So, I know we still can't, we still don't have um, sound from any games. I know. It's horrible. First off, oh, Jesus, that recalls back to when we used to do the deals. Full Metal Furies. Shit, do I have to turn the mic? We can't even turn the microphone. It's duct taped or gorilla taped. A thousand years ago, at the very dawn of this podcast, we gave some profound love to a game called Rogue Legacy, which was a roguelike side-scrolling platformer that had a genetic twist to it, where in every hero that you took into the dungeon it was actually a castle, but a never-shifting castle um, every hero that you took into the castle passed on traits genetically well, not genetically in a hereditary fashion so that you eventually ended up with this elaborate coat of arms and each successive hero who followed in their lineage um, could have a mutation like a genetic defect or affect or etc like sometimes you would have a hero and then, well, anyway, so once once your hero died, you would get to choose your next hero from the subsequent branch. So you would have a choice between one or two, if I remember correctly. So it would be like, ah, I want to constantly, I want to have irritable bowel syndrome, or I want to have dyslexia. Dyslexia, in comparison to irritable bowel, bowel syndrome, one meaning you fart con- constantly, the other meaning your entire controls work backwards. This is a brilliant game. Not just for its time, it's still a great game. It's one of the reasons why that game never goes on sale. Well, the developers from Rogue Legacy bring you Full Metal Furies. This is a four-player couch or single player don't worry both of these both of these features will have the same introduction length more or less 
Full Metal Furies is a multiplayer on couch, online local or online co-op pseudo top-down pixel art game focused on blasting them up and team-based cooperation along the same levels of Battleblock Theater. So let's get straight to the pros and cons. And like I said earlier, we start with the con. We start with the bad. And this is something I learned when I was a bar critic. You can write the greatest fucking thing about anything that you've ever done or seen or whatever for the newspaper. And no one is ever happy. It's just the, the anyone who like, you know, goes there or whatever. No one's ever happy with anything you do. It's true. For Full Metal Furies, con, this is point one. It is a difficult multiplayer meetup kind of thing. The lobbies are inconsistent. And I had to, in order to actually finally play with someone on multiplayer, because no one will come to my house. I'm just kidding. They're all here. They're all buried under the floorboards. No. (laughs) I had to go onto the Full Metal Furies uh, forums and find people who are having problems with multiplayer add them to Steam, wait for them to come online eventually, just randomly, and then finally I got somebody who would come and play with me, and it was awesome, but on and I have multiple monitors this is still the first point I have multiple monitors and for some reason the game starts at like, uh, a, in a weird like, demi it does not take the focus of Mint 18 when you have multiple monitors and so I had to ask this guy how do I host a game? This is after like 12, 13 hours of this fucking, let's see how many hours I've played I played 15.4 hours in the last week which is since I've found that it has Linux compatibility. Other part of that first con is that the game is heavily story-driven. Not heavily story-driven. It's it's a perfectly balanced game. It's a very, very nicely balanced game. But there... I ended up with this guy who I found on the Steam discussions, and he was, he pulled out like a level 83 character, and I had a level 23 character. And so it was very reminiscent of Diablo, how where you would just be ass-dragged along and you didn't want to read any of the cutscenes, even though they are hilarious and brilliant and explain everything and you know, make and tell you what you really need to do and what to look for and, st- and all sorts of shit. They're not too intense, but I didn't want to hold up this guy who would, you know, who I I steam chatted. Hey, can you play a game with me? Because I really want to see what this game is like when playing with other people and no one wants to play with me and it hurts. It is so bad. That's almost literally exactly what... Hmm, let's see if I can find him. Hmm. Seems that he may have unfriended me. I don't blame him. We played for like an hour and 45 minutes until his game crashed and then, you know, my game crashed and I actually had to go away too at the same time. So it worked out for the best for everyone. But, um, I mean, that's, that's simplistic. But the point is of this con, of, of, 
this is the contrary opinion. This is the op-ed. This is the bad thing. It did make me not want to play the game anymore. Because we breezed through an hour, like over that hour and a half, we went through a lot of levels. And I just felt with the matchmaking and everything like I couldn't that I probably wouldn't ever be able to find anyone who was really just at my level so that we could like play the story this is an unfair thing to ask of a game because and and I've read the forum threads about this they want a game that is story based but they also want to be couch based so you can like you know you and four of your friends it's up to four four players or you and four of your online friends but they kind of wanted to so and their matchmaking is still in beta by the way so but it did kind of make me not want to play the game anymore I mean it's not like we beat the game but we got we got farther than I had wanted to I'm not discussing the game mechanics until now Point two, the pro, fantastic twin stick top down shoot 'em up, designed for on and offline and hybrid. I think play. I think it allows for uh, one player, for two players to be offline and for two players to be online. Meaning, you know, like uh, two people on the couch two people offline. I'm not entirely sure if that works, because as I've just outlined, I had some problems with matchmaking. What do I mean by fantastic? Well, before we get there, let's get to the point three. Again, a con. And this form is going to continue. Con, pro, con, pro, that's one, two, three, four, and then five final verdict. Okay? Which is either going to be pro or con. Alright? Point three. Con. Repetitive. Yeah, it is repetitive. But it's not repetitive in a way that um, you enjoy every moment that you play the game. You have four different character classes. They each can be upgraded and customized specifically as if they are their own character. So you can mix and match them with other people at all times. Blah. And the single player is like that as well. Um, So repeating the same level over and over again is no vice. It's more fun doing it over and over and over again with someone else just like masturbation or what, what am I saying oh my god no, strike that from the record no um just like sex but when you're alone you know you have needs um and that doesn't that over 15 hours did not get tiresome for me uh it is a finely balanced game you have a sniper you have a shield check all of these all of the characters are checks by the way you have a sniper you have a shield check you have an engineer sniper chick she can only aim and shoot I mean they all have A, B, and C it's it's kind of like a perfect hybrid of um, die X chicken of like X-Men or like four-player beat-em-ups from the 1980s but with, like, way more sophistication with dropping into, like, into that an element of gauntlet dropping into that an element of legitimate persistent role-playing game dropping into that the element of persistent storytelling game. It is not a roguelike. You can go many places, though. Um, You can choose which levels you play and stuff. Um, the engineer can shoot in an arc around her. Uh, that That's her primary attack. I'm only going to talk about primary attacks because secondary and tertiary attacks, they're all different and everyone has a dodge t- 
type move. Sniper Chick has a shield. Um, shield Mane has a barbaric yop that is fucking fantastic. I call her the Shield Mane, and I don't know. Her name is Tess, if I remember correctly. Um, the engineer, who is like this crazy Joker bitch, can fire in an arc with this crazy pistol that's like got like fucking 14 rounds in it and does consistent damage, but you have to keep pressing the, the button. And you, then you have to wait for her to reload. Then there is maybe my favorite, my favorite chick is, I don't know, I have no favorite. That's how good this game is. Not kidding. The fourth chick is this chick with a giant fucking hammer. Because it's hammer time, yo. And she's got an eye patch, and I won't spoil the fun of figuring out what's underneath her eye patch. The dialogue sparkles throughout, etc., etc., etc. The balance between the way you guys have to fight, let's just say in single player, you can instantly switch between your one guy and your other guy. Well, your one chick and your other chick, actually, because you can only bring two chicks into any battle um, in single player. Multiplayer, you can't switch your chick at all. You have to be that chick. So it's got a Tekken tag kind of feel to it. Um, If someone goes down, you gotta get them up um, for them to live. Um, But the coolest innovation, one of my favorite innovations in this game, is that enemies will appear with bubbles that are specific shields against the opposite of one of your characters. So, for instance, the sniper chick, the people that she can hit are always orange shields. This is not throughout the game. This is not throughout every mission. It's not like, you can only kill one or the other. No. There are many enemies who have no shields at all. No damage-specific shields at all. But what this means is you guys have to work together. It makes... gives what would otherwise be... I mean, Zombie Grinder is a great game, but Zombie Grinder, there's not really that much humongous incentive. The same way that there is in Full Metal Furies for everyone to work together. Like, so, like, I'm there, I'm the sniper chick, and the guy that I was playing with online, we're going back into the online scenario, he was the shield maiden, I want to say. Um, yeah, he was a shield maiden, if I remember correctly. Yeah, pretty sure. Because I'm having visual flashbacks in my head. He can't beat the game alone. He can't beat a mission alone without me. I, we have to, and he's level 83, I'm level 22. We have to support each other. If I go down, there's no way he can kill the boss. At least I don't think. Not just the boss, but you know, whatever next wave of enemies there are. And the enemies are great, and the dialogue is sparkling. So that was our con for repetitive. Our pro is kind of goes along those lines, so I just kind of merged them. But anyway, the design of the game itself is never boring. It sparkles in every way. Every way, shape, and form. From the actual gameplay, to the actual character design, to the sprites themselves, to the animations, to the interstitial animations, to the camp animations, um, to uh, the poses that they enter into when they're in their dialogue boxes. The design is never boring. It is constantly engaging and you can easily lose yourself in it in single or multiplayer. Which is why, so that was point four. Let me read them to you. Point one, con. Difficult multiplayer that made me want to not play anymore. Two, pro. Fantastic twin stick top-down shoot-em-up designed for on and offline and hybrid play. I think hybrid play. I'm not sure. Point three, Con, repetitive. Point four, pro, design that is never boring. Point five, final verdict, pro. 
always makes everyone feel important and there is not such a humongous abundance of non-linear gameplay in this game because like I mean you can literally like you can pick which you have to like unlock the it's it's you have a Super Mario world style map as this guy's blue glass and what see Mario Luigi 2 he's player one I'm player two and I think to myself Super Mario World you have a Super Mario World styled uh, world map that has many 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 other maps and components to it um, and then a camp mode so anyway, always makes everyone feel important. Non-linear gameplay makes it a blast to play with peeps at all levels. And it does. Because this guy, at level 88, I'm, you know, I wasn't stuck. I wish I had been stuck. Because then I, you could just fucking troll the forms and find someone who is awake who can help you like literally jump into your game and help you um or you can like assemble a death squad of like awesome fucking peeps or you could me as a you know level 23 with my sniper check your levels are not exclusive they are ex- no your, the levels of your characters are not the level of your squad. They are exclusive to the characters that you have leveled up. So, like, yeah, we got, like, four fucking people. Every every squad has four, four chicks. It just so happened that my best chick at the time was the sniper chick who was level 22. I can... It, once they get the matchmaking ironed out, I can jump into anybody's game. Everyone has all their own strengths and weaknesses. It's really good. I could jump into a level zero game of a stranger. I once they get the matchmaking figured out, um, and I could have just as much time as and gain just as much. Eh experience, it's it's gold is what you use to upgrade your characters but that's a good fucking common coin of the realm that like kind of unifies the entire experience and makes it so that it's fucking rad it is a worthy spiritual sequel to Rogue Legacy that is Full Metal Furies up next, and finally, in our feature, and then I will bid you adieu. Oh, shit. We only have ten minutes for this. Now that you're familiar with the format, introduction, Ruiner, R-U-I-N-E-R, has put out a Linux beta you have to buy Ruiner for Windows or whatever, you know, just buy it through Steam just buy Ruiner and then, uh, you know, right click on Ruiner in your library go to uh, properties and then go to betas and then click on Linux beta you've heard me talk a lot about Ruiner before so we'll just breeze through these because I gotta see what Chris Matthews has to say in the next 12 minutes I'm sorry, I hate to say that but it's true Ruiner. Remember, this is a four-point premise. It starts with the con. Ruiner. Point one. Con. Repetitive. It's still in beta. And there's no controller support for Linux yet that I can discern. That kind of sucks, especially because I told you I mentioned my... I'm having carpal tunnel issues in my left hand. Yeah, that would be the keyboard hand because, you know, the mouse hand is on trackball. Point two, the pro. Fantastic. Ultra high gloss, super crazy. Like the best since Crusader, no remorse. Uh, pseudo isometric top down, single player. Um, 
graphic, insane violence. I mean, just insane. Shimmers from top to bottom graphically and uh, with the wild abandon at which it approaches its subject matter. It's ridiculous. Far-flung cyberpunk, future, dystopia, ultra carnage. Point three, con. It can be frustratingly difficult at times, especially especially on harder difficulty levels. Um, I've beaten the game three times, not yet on Linux, but I've spent a lot of fucking time in Ruiner. Um, I can barely... I, I did play the um, the first level, which is like kind of like the tutorial level, on hard, on Linux today. And it was fucking hard. Which mirrors my experience across other times that I've played it, because you can change your difficulty level and stuff. Uh, anyone's fami- anyone who is familiar with our tutorial on how to run Ruiner on Wine, which is the complicated dance of running 64-bit. Anyway. Knows that I've spent a lot of time playing this fucking game. Um... So continuing with that point, frustratingly difficult at times, especially on hard difficulty levels, uh, the probably the worst indictment I can make about this game, continuing with this point, is that when the difficulty gets really fucking hard in this game, it has many sweet spots. Like I mean, if you do it on easy, you're, you'll just have a blast. I you will, but you'll beat it way too fast. On normal, it's gonna be like 75% harder. It's gonna be a vastly different game. On hard, it will punish you to the point where you... I mean, I thought I was expert. I couldn't get through the fucking first mission. You know, blah. Um, The problem is that this occasionally highlights the weaknesses in the overall game design. The game is not fucking picture perfect. Neither was Crusader, nor were Crusader No Remorse and uh, you know, I mean it's nah. Point four. Pro. Story and side quests plus the environments that keep you constantly sucked in along with like the uh, just the, the visual candy of it but there 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 are, there is a persistent little it's not persistent it's it's a it's a little um it's a little town world that is cute and has many cute dialogues that inform you about the local mores and stuff but inside of there there are also side quests that do not involve violence and stuff that are trust me this game is all about violence though this game is all about horrific, horrific violence, so do not mistake me there. This is not a game for kids. It's not a game unless you're my parents and I'm 12 years old again. Um, this is not the game for your kids. The story in Zygwest environments keep you involved and the story keeps you in it just enough. So, finally, Point five, final verdict. We give it a pro. Between the cyberpunk sensibility, even though it does have only a paper-thin story, it is a, still a story, and it's there, and it tells you a story, um, and it has some fantastic visuals in between, not just in terms of in combat, but um, the way the narrative conceits of it, the way it tells you the story, um, are pretty good. This game, this is a positive thought here. This game requires absolutely zero thought. I mean, you can get fucking stoned if you're out here in Vegas where recreational weed is legal and where I will be fucking enjoying some as soon as we're done with this. Um, game that requires no thought. But shimmers. I mean, and it is gorgeous. It running it in wine was a sacrilege which is really cool that they came out with this 
this Linux beta. Um, it's it's just fucking pure blast them up. I mean, it really is. And and for some, that will not be enough. For others, that will be the ultimate qualification. No multiplayer, total single player. And you can speed run it. For reals. Cheers. Check out uh, www. Uh, well, check out twitch.tv slash skookiesprite S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E That's where we keep our Twitch stream and uh, you can search through our videos by going to our Twitch channel and then clicking up top on our videos um, you can see videos of us playing these games and stuff or chances are we might be live streaming it depends we've kept such a fucking erratic schedule over the last two months um cheers thanks for listening I will uh talk to you again happy Friday the 13th everyone (laughs) a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go, yada yada yo, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, yada, yada. Four or five times. Matt Damien. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux... It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.